you are now listening to the moon child it's a friday afternoon it's 2:48. i got work at five so in a couple of hours the day is pretty nice but my confidence for the sacramento kings is the complete opposite i feel like it's a cloud just constantly raining and then it gets sunny again and then it starts raining again and thunderstorms, lightning, and just rain and pain and disappointment. Not a lot, not a lot to say, really. Um, we lost to the Timberwolves and the Pistons when I said that, you know, I wasn't going to panic. We got to at least win those games. You know, it was a must. Or at least win one out of two. But we lost both of them to the worst team in the Western Conference to the worst team in the Eastern Conference. And now we are officially on a five-game losing streak after just going on a five-game winning streak. And this has been the story in the, of the roller coaster season. We start off good, go on a bad losing streak, go on a good winning streak, go on a terrible losing streak, go on a good winning streak again. And now we're back on the losing streak. And the inconsistency strikes again. And what made it hurt, what made it worse last night is just the fact that we lost to the Pistons and the fact that Corey Joseph, out of all people, out of all people, Corey Joseph goes and gets 24 points on us. I think he even had double-digit assists. He was just doing whatever he wanted. And we lost the game. We were losing by 20 by halftime, and they never let up. The Detroit Pistons didn't let up. They kept the foot on the gas and still won that game. What makes it even worse, Jeremy Grant wasn't even playing. You know what I'm saying? We were fully healthy. I mean, we were missing Bagley, but we shown that we can win without Bagley. And it sucks. After going on that five-game winning streak, we're on a five-game losing streak. We lose versus the Spurs, you know, lack of energy. Lose versus the Bucks. I feel like that game could have gone either way, but yet they didn't have Giannis. We lose to the LeBron and AD-less Lakers. Play terrible. Then we lose to the T-Wolves. They get D-Lo back. They are playing inspiring basketball. Game could have gone either way. It was a close game the whole time, but we wasn't matching their energy. And then we lose to the Pistons. Just came and flat on our face and it doesn't get any easier from here um, I feel like this five game stretch was a good opportunity for us to really you know kind of making some noise around the league or especially for this playing tournament but now we got the Jazz next we got the Pelicans after that we got the Suns we got the Wizards uh, we got the T-Wolves T two more times we got the Mavericks coming up as well I didn't say that in the correct order, but those are the games that's coming up. And by the way we're playing, it's like, you know, I feel like we can beat those teams, but we're going to stay consistent. It don't matter if we can't just stay consistent. Otherwise, we're just winning every other night. It's not really proving nothing, or we're not really proving ourselves to be a threat. And the main thing of all of this is just it's lack of energy. How, like, when you can see on the court... When I'm watching the games, it doesn't seem like it matters to them. You know, it don't seem like this playing 
or just these rest of the, this opportunity for us to get to the playoffs, it doesn't matter. How do we not, you know, at least like take advantage of these opportunities versus these teams? How do we not go out there and give it a hundred ten percent a night? You know what I'm saying? It don't look like we're motivated. It really doesn't, and that's a leadership problem. You know, there's obviously levels to this. Um, it obviously starts with the organization. Um, you know, I feel like they're getting on the right track. I feel like the GM is doing his part, trying to keep a winning team out there. They didn't trade none of the the main. You know, they didn't trade Buddy or or Barnes to you know kind of send a message that they're still trying to compete this year. Um, you know, as far as ownership, he went to a new direction with our new GM. So, you know, the organization is starting to, you know, do their part a little bit. Now it's up to the coaching and the players. And let's get into the coaching. Luke Walton. Um, you know, I was backing him up. And I don't think he's a bad coach X's and O's wise. He hasn't hindered or hinged the development of De'Aaron Fox. Tyrese Halliburton has been playing well. I mean, he, you know, he's been one of the best rookies. Harrison Barnes is having a career year. You know, Buddy and Bagley, that's questionable. But as far as the X and his, X's and O's go, I don't really have a main issue, um, you know, with, with the type of talent that he's dealing with. You know, obviously defensive. I wish there's things that he can change, but there's not too much he can control when there's a lack of energy. But there is... A thing that he can control is, you know, how he's leading the team. And I just don't think they're motivated playing for Luke Walton at the end of the day. I don't, when I look at his press conferences, um, he seems like a real dry dude. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't get nobody excited. He doesn't seem like a guy that gets people excited or, you know, get the best out of their players. And like I said, I don't have the information for all of that, but it's clear as day that this team is not playing with no fire under their butt. You know, I need to see some fire, some passion, and, um, you know, somebody that's at least hold them accountable to try to play at a high level every single night and not just come out flat. We're not good enough a team to just be coming out flat like this. You know what I'm saying? Um, where you, see, you know, if I see the Brooklyn Nets just fuck around for a night um, or the 76ers or the Lakers, you know, they, or the Clippers, you know, they fuck around for a night. Those are championship contender teams. We're over here taking nights off we need to be able to compete every night on a on a nightly basis i'm watching the grizzlies do it i'm watching this charlotte hornets do it and that's you know that's due to good coaching the coaching that's going on in charlotte the coaching that's going on even in new york the coaching that's going on in memphis that's good coaching those teams are playing inspiring basketball and obviously shout out to greg popovich probably the greatest to ever do it the spurs are still competing they're in a little losing streak which is good for us, but they're still in that. They're they're at least in the playing position. We're still outside looking in. And now with just the coaches, um, I gotta you know point the finger at some of the players too. I'm actually gonna have to point the finger towards De'Aaron Fox. So I gotta question how he is leading this team. Now he is only 23 years old, um, and like I said, he is dealing with the hardest challenge in the NBA. But I got to see some fire from him also. I got to see him, you know, at least some guys playing like they're being held accountable. Because it don't seem like anybody's playing like they're being held accountable. Things are way too free, way too loose. 
and it's not enough passion and not enough energy. You can see when somebody brings in energy. And I look at the Warriors. I think the Warriors are a good comparison. Um, the Warriors obviously missing a guy in Klay Thompson, and they know they're not competing for a championship. But they're still finding a way to squander with rim wins because of the leadership of Steph Curry and Draymond Green. Draymond Green gets the best out of guys emotionally. And same thing with Steph Curry. His play does the talking. He will, he will also, you know, you can see him on the sideline trying to get the best out of his guys. I'm going to need that same energy from Fox or somebody on this team. It, already, it don't even have to be Fox. More from Harrison Barnes, but Harrison Barnes don't seem like a guy who's going to yell at anybody. Buddy looked like he's doing his own thing. Rashawn Holmes is still trying to play for a spot. We just don't have no real leadership. We need a real leadership. And I, a guy that I miss is Kent Bazemore. We need some serious leadership, some dogs or some veteran, you know, leadership. And another guy that I'll point to is Iman Shumpert in 2018-2019. His leadership, his vibe, his presence changed the complexion of the team. And we just don't have that right now. So, you know, I'm not expecting De'Aaron Fox to be this, like, fiery, passionate, vocal guy. Not, not necessarily, but at least lead your team by example where, you know, they can be playing, like, where they got to feel accountable. Um, a guy I can compare him to, like, I hope that he becomes is, like, Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is not one of those loud-spoken guys, but you can see how a team follows his lead on a night-to-night -night basis. Now, there's some nights where I can see the team follow De'Aaron Fox's lead because you can see the energy that he's putting out. But, you know, it's not, it hasn't been consistent, obviously. If it was consistent, then we'll be at least in the play-in right now. We'll be at least a ninth seed. There's no reason that we shouldn't have be a ninth seed right now or or eighth seed we haven't been dealing with no injuries like that you know injury bug hasn't been fucking with us i've seen the grizzlies grizzlies haven't even had jaron jackson all year spurs were dealing with this lamarcus aldridge buyout situation the mavericks were dealing with porzingis injury um the warriors they they, they don't have clay thompson so it's it's it sucks. <laughs> it really sucks. And for the fact that I would have to sit there and watch that Kings-Pistons game when the Jazz and the Blazers were playing against each other or the Clippers versus the Suns, it's like it's disappointing to the fans, especially, like, how do you not want to take advantage of this playing tournament? They know, everybody knows in that organization how long it's been for the playoffs. got to take advantage of this opportunity. you got to and at least build something from this. You don't want the fans to say tank, but they're, they're, you guys are giving the fans every reason to want to tank. You know what I'm saying? And I, I do see good things with this team for the rest of this year. It, it, it really comes down to energy, though. you got to want it. There's some, you know, obviously talent disadvantage that, disadvantages that we have, but that can be overcome with playing good basketball and bringing energy on a night-to-night -night basis, playing inspiring basketball. And I've seen them do it. It just hasn't been consistent. So I don't know who's going to be the one to light the fire, but there needs to be somebody that, that light the fire. For real. I also want to get into the truth about Rashawn Holmes. He's a great energy guy. He's a very efficient scorer. But he's not a starting center. So it's going to be very interesting what we do this free agents. Because, you know, if I'm, I'm being a hypocrite, because if I think 
Rashawn Holmes can be a starting center, then I think Montrez Harrell should be a starting center. And I constantly said on a day-to-day basis that Montrez Harrell is not a starting center. He lacks things defensively because of physical disadvantages. That's the same thing with Rashawn Holmes. We're just getting eaten up in the paint. We let so many teams score in the paint. And I can't sit there and just watch a team play such bad defense. Kings fans and Wizards fans are dying for stops. Dying for stops. Damian Jones hasn't played for played for us yet. He's been kind of he been this is his third team this year. The injury kind of messed things up a little bit for him, but I hope he can come in and really do something for us cuz we really need that height and length. Hassan Whiteside has been back finally, but he's been pretty disappointing. We desperately need some rim protection. And another thing going into the offseason, I just hope we can get something in return for Buddy and Bagley. Um, Buddy defensively. Luke Walton made a decision last night that I did not agree with. Um, because, we begin, because we've been getting killed defensively these past games, he didn't want to go with the three-guard lineup, so he wanted to start Harkless. So that means one guard had to go to the bench. That was either Buddy or Tyrese, and he had Tyrese come off the bench. I don't agree with that. I think this is the same situation as last year with Bogdanovich, where we knew Bogdanovich is the better player in the starting lineup, and it would benefit Buddy to just come off the bench and score. But in Luke's defense, he probably doesn't want to piss off Buddy or take away Buddy's confidence because Tyrese should for, for sure be the starter over Buddy right now. Um, he's been more efficient on offense, and he plays much better defense. But he's been getting killed by literally everybody on defense, including Corey Joseph. But it's a tough situation, and Buddy is taking Tyrese's spot. I think we have to move off from him. I don't think Bagley won't even wants to be there. Let's get something in return. And the dream for this offseason, which I'm not too worried about yet, because like I said, we're still we're still in it. But the, the, the dream is to just bring in a guy like Jared Allen, Mitchell Robinson, or even Miles Turner. That's exactly what we need. We just need some type of rim protection. For real. Just I can't stand just watching teams come into the paint doing whatever they want to. Now, as far as the play-in tournament for the rest of the season, we're still in it. I mean it's very still it's it's still possible. Um the Pelicans, they just took a little lead over us, but they only have half of a game ahead of us, and we do play them soon. The Warriors just got a win, but they lost a lot in a row. Um, the Spurs keep losing. Uh, I think the Grizzlies and Mavericks are starting to get out of reach, but even if we get this 10th or 9th seed, are we even going to are we even gonna do anything in this playing tournament? Or are we just going to lose the first game or however it's set up? You know, I don't even think we're ready for the play-in tournament because of inconsistency. And when it comes to playoff basketball, you have to play consistent. You have to. You can't just be inconsistent and come out flat like you do in the regular season. So, I mean, obviously it's going to take some time. We do have some good pieces that we're going to be building around. But, my goodness, how do we not take advantage of this opportunity at least, you know, show some promise? My goodness. So... That's 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 what the Kings, man. That's that's just the Sacramento Kings in a nutshell. That's the season. I can't believe that they went on this five game losing streak after winning those five. It's crazy how when I come on this podcast, how excited I can be, how promising things can be, and then 
boom, it just brings me right down, right back down to the ground. I swear. I swear. And it's better for my mental health when this team, this fucking team is winning. It's always a good day, but, you know, usually the weeks go by better and everything when the Kings are winning, and then boom, it just, they ain't going this losing streak. I'm just like, fuck. It's terrible. Utter pain and disappointment. So that's it with the Kings for this episode. Um, we'll talk about a little bit more around the NBA. I want to talk about this Aaron Gordon impact. This Aaron Gordon impact for the Nuggets has been huge and has definitely shot him up as a title contender. They also have JaVale McGee as the backup center now. So they replaced Miles, Miles Plumlee really well. And they filled in the hole for Jeremy Grant. Now Aaron Gordon has been really good. I mean, you get to see the best out of players when they're able to play winning basketball. And he fits alongside Jokic perfectly, slashing to the rim. He can also pass as well. He has a decent jump shot, and he's been a pretty dynamic de defender so far. He has—he's just not a rim protector, but he's been showing that he can guard, you know, power forwards and small forwards. And um, he just slashing to the basket where you got pretty much the best passer in the NBA in Jokic, able to hit you every time. Whenever there's a double team, he has eyes behind his head and he's able to find them. And they haven't lost a game, or I, I don't think they have lost a game ever since he joined the team. So the Nuggets are back in business, um, and they are definitely emerging themselves as a title contender. I think the top six teams in the West are all title contenders. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, Lakers, Nets, anything can happen. We don't know what's going to happen. We watched the Heat go to the finals last year. Um, any, there's no true favorites. There, every team still has something to prove. Because, yeah, the Lakers won the title last year, but this is a new squad around them. Um, AD and... LeBron is not going to be able to do it completely by themselves. We'll see how Schroeder steps in in the big moments. We'll see how Drummond steps in in these big moments. They still have things to prove. The Nets still has to prove that, you know, them missing so many games, will this still work? I still have to see the 76er. We still have to see how Ben Simmons plays in the playoffs. We still have to see how the Jazz plays in the playoffs. So there's many, and we have to still see how the Bucks do in the playoffs. There's so many different dynamic and factors, as, as well as the Clippers also. And so I don't, you know, there's, so when it comes to the title contenders, like in the West, I think the Blazers, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Suns even, the, the Clippers, the Lakers, they all have a chance to go to the finals. It's up in the air. It really is. Same thing with the East. The Heat. The Bucks, the Nets, the 76ers, they all have chances. You got five you got four contenders in the East, six in the West in my opinion. So, it's going to be interesting and the Heat and the Lakers made signings that just give me pain, but I might laugh it off because I don't know how they're necessarily going to perform, but if they perform well, I'm probably going to pop a blood vessel. So, the Lakers signed the legend of Ben McLemore. One of the biggest busts I can remember. I thought he was going to be really good for the second row. Kings just wasn't good at all. And oh my gosh. Just was not good for the Kings. And the Lakers signed him. I watched him last night. He had a damn mid-range. And, and I, I was even telling my homie Miguel. I was like, look, I'd rather see Corey Joseph go off, which he did, against it, than see Ben McLemore be a very valuable piece in, in the championship on a championship team. I do not want to see that. Oh, my God. I really do not want to see that. If I see Ben McLemore win a championship and be a valuable asset for the Lakers out of all teams, oh, that would be terrible. 
That's 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 a nightmare right there. I'll tell you that. And then the Miami Heat go in and sign Dwayne Dedman. Now that does not make them better. Let me tell you why. And I got in, into it with some Miami Heat fans telling me, oh, he gets six rebounds in 18 minutes in Atlanta in 2018-2019. He shot 38% from three. Oh, I know. We gave him $40 million for that. And he was utterly terrible. Numbers don't mean shit. You got to watch them play. And when I watched him play, he couldn't finish. He wasn't that great of a rebounder. He was a terrible jump shooter. And he wasn't a good defender. So I don't think he helps Miami. I think Miami missed out on JaVale. But we'll see how else they... Because I think they're I think they're a solid team. They still got my boy, Bayalisa. Um, and they got Jimmy Butler leading the squad. He has shown that he can... You know, he can lead a team to the finals. He has shown it. And we'll see how they get back into rhythm. And also with the addition of Victor Oladipo is really going to help them. He just got injured, but luckily it wasn't too serious. I really like that addition for them. But Ben McLemore and Dwayne Dedman. Woof! That's, those are not guys I want to add to my team. Maybe I'm calling me Hayden, but I've seen them for a Sacramento Kings jersey. And they were not good. Also, shout out to Baylor. Um, I had Gonzaga win it all. They fell short to Baylor. Baylor show defensively that they are a force to be reckoned with. They show that they got a lot of dogs on their team. Um, oh shit, oh shit. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There is a B. There is a B. Trying to get in my car. No, we're not doing that. I don't do no oh that's a yellow jacket too. We don't do that. Anyways. Baylor defensively, they got it. They got ahead, and they showed that they weren't looking back. They just kept the foot on the gas. And Davion Mitchell looks just like Donovan Mitchell in a way, body type, kind of in the face, number everything. Uh, oh my God, how his draft stock just raised up. He might even squeeze into the top ten defensively. He is a problem. His nickname is called Off Night. You know what? You know how good defensively you gotta be called to be called off night. Everybody he guards has an off night because of him. So he and he showed that he can be a very um he can be a very high level playmaker. Jared Butler is making constant plays. Um, he was doing his thing. One player of the tournament, and then um, but shout out to Jalen Suggs. Um, he got that game winner in the final four. They Gonzaga came short. Um. They had a good season. They came short, though. But my thing on Jalen Suggs, um, for me, he's the number four overall player coming out of the draft. I have him over Kuminga, but behind Jalen Green. Um, thing about Jalen Suggs, if I was to compare him to anybody, he gives me a lot of Drew Holiday vibes. Makes the right plays. He's a threat defensively, and he's competitive. Um, and he's very dangerous and downhill. So, I mean, shout out to Baylor for becoming champions, though. They're going to have some good players come into the draft with Davion Mitchell and Jared Butler, I think. And, yeah, that was college basketball. I think the tournament was really interesting. Um, Arizona actually ended up winning the title for women's basketball. Um, they were close. I wish McDonald would have passed the ball on that final shot. There was a girl wide open. They triple team her, and she still threw the shot up. But Stanford ended up getting the title. Um, Arizona was, was short. They could have had an amazing story to upset UConn and Stanford. That would have been great for them. But otherwise, the tournament was a success in this little bubble thing. Um, it didn't go too bad. 
and it was it was really fun to watch. I can't even lie. But the G League will take over. I mark my words on that. That's pretty much it for basketball. What I want to talk about. Um, I do want to get into my 49ers real quick because there's a lot of smoke going on. Saying that we're going to pick Mac Jones. I can assure you, I will tell you this right now, that we are not picking Mac Jones. This is all smoke. I don't like what the media is trying to create of it. Um, just because he went to the pro day, people don't understand that Kyle Shanahan's hand is still going to go to Trey Lance's pro day, second pro day, and he's going to go to Justin Fields' second pro day. We are not picking Mac Jones. We are not trading two first-round picks to get up there to three to pick Mac Jones. We know Zach Wilson's going number two now, especially that the Panthers got Sam Darnold from the Jets. And we know Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one. The two decisions is going to come down to Trey Lance and Justin Fields. Simple as that. Simple as that. Not no Mac Jones. All right? Uh, we're not selecting Mac Jones. I refuse to believe it. If we do... Now, here's my thing on Mac Jones. Now, when it comes to throwing the ball, you know, he had a lot of talent in him. I'm not going to use that excuse because he was very efficient. He was putting on the money, and he was very fast at making decisions. Now, he had Devontae Smith as well. And I compared a lot like Joe Burrow um, with Jamar Chase. You know, they had, you know, he had Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Mac Jones had Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith. But the difference is, and I've seen Joe Burrow do it, and he's proved it, Joe Burrow has an ability to extend plays and make things happen when things don't go right. I haven't seen Mac Jones in that position at all. And when it has happened, he has folded. Okay? And he's nowhere near as athletic as Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was dealing with no O-line in Cincinnati and make th made things happen. Put Mac Jones in Cincinnati, that he's not doing what Joe Burrow was doing. Okay? Joe Burrow is like a Tony Romo. Mac Jones is like a Kirk Cousins. All right? There's two different things. And the guy I want, and I think the guy that we're probably going to draft, it screams Trey Lance to me, especially that we're keeping Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, the only thing I'm worried about is if Jimmy Garoppolo wants to be a good sport about it and go through with this process and compete. And I think he will because um, he still has stuff to prove himself. He has not proved to be a durable player, and that's just plain and simple. But Trey Lance, he was running the same type of offense as Shanahan in college. He's the best dual threat quarterback in this draft, in my opinion. He's, you know, Justin Fields ran that 4-4, but Trey Lance run the ball, and he has the ball in his hands. He looks like a Jalen Hurts when he's running the football. A very dynamic, and I think he has a, a stronger arm as well. And I don't think he's as accurate as Justin Fields. And obviously, you can question the competition compared to Justin Fields. I like Justin Fields. But Trey Lance, I think there's something special with him. And he's a raw prospect. I think a year under Jimmy Garoppolo and some development with Shanahan. And something that he's familiar with, doing play actions with fullbacks, running a pro-style offense. I think he is the guy for the future. I really do. And if we go with Justin Fields, I have no problem with Justin Fields. I think he's been getting unfair treatment for obvious reasons. Um, I don't understand why he's the only one being dissected like this. And we're not dissecting Mac Jones. We're not dissecting Trey Lance. We're not di even dissecting Zach Wilson the same way that we're dissecting, that the media is dissecting Justin Fields with this, oh, he only locks onto the first read crap. 
Now, if you look at him in that championship game, yes, they lost because their defense wasn't getting one single stop and Devontae Smith was doing his thing in a single half. But, you know, you talk about the Clemson game, Justin Fields looked even better in that Alabama game. There was things that he was doing that was amazing when things broke down and he was going against Alabama's defense. Um, I think Justin Fields is for sure, I think he's a better quarterback than Trey Lance right now, but I think the potential of Trey Lance will be better, especially with Shanahan. At the end of the day, whatever quarterback that the Niners get, I think it's going to be successful anyway. But I want either Justin Fields or Trey Lance because they bring a different dynamic that we don't have and that we've been seeing Seattle and Cardinals do for the past the past few years. We've been seeing what Russell Wilson has been doing to us ever since Shanahan got here. And we're seeing what Kyler Murray do it. To have a guy be able to roll out the pocket is going to add a new dimension to the offense that's already damn near unstoppable. So, I'm not listening to this Mac Jones stuff. The draft is going to be coming up, I think it's around late April. We still got some time. We still got like 21, 20 days. Whew, but, man, I hope we don't select no Mac Jones. I trust Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, that we're not selecting Mac Jones. And anyways, and if when we do get our quarterback, even next year with Jimmy G or a rookie quarterback, I think we're going to the Super Bowl anyway. There is no stopping us when we're healthy. We got the best middle linebacker in the game, a top three pass rusher in Nick, um, Nick Bosa. We got some defensive interior in Armstead and Kinlaw. D Ford is back on a restructured deal. We even got Samson Ibukam. We're gonna see how we draft with the corners. We're bringing back our safeties with Tart and Ward. We still got Greenlaw. The O line has been revamped. We got Trent Paid. We got Alex Mack there now. We still got Lincoln Tomlinson, McGlinchey. We got huge check back. We even brought back Jason Verrett as well. Debo is coming back. Um, Ayuk is coming back. We even got Jalen Hurd still. George Kittle, the best tight end in the league. Raheem Maserati. So, I mean, if you're talking about the draft, what I want, I want a running back. You know, another running back in the later rounds. I would love to draft a corner in the second round. Get our QB in the first round. Um... Maybe get another interior lineman or or another receiver um, in the third round. And if I, cause I think we have a first round, second round. I don't know if we have our third round this year. No, we do have our third round. I think we have one pick in each round. One first, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'll, I'll talk about the first four. First round, I expect a QB. Second round, I expect a cornerback. Third round either a wide receiver or interior lineman that we like um fourth round i would love to get a running back fifth round an extra linebacker sixth round an extra corner seventh round an extra safety that's pretty much my game plan going into it but we'll see how things turn out what do i know but other than that i'm gonna leave things there i gotta get start getting prepared for work but yeah stop with the mac jones nonsense I'm glad that the Niners are good because the Kings have been causing me so much pain. But I'm going to leave it at there because the Kings could turn it around. They could make me happy again and get my hopes up again. We never know. But this is episode 39. Episode 4, you should be coming soon. If you made it this far, deeply appreciative. And I am out.